Uh, today on our show, fact or fiction, five stories told in five acts, some true, some false, can you separate the truth from the lies? Act one, the mystery of Douglas Hibbard, in which a man checks into a hotel but never checks out. Act two, wheelchair man, a story in which we ask the question, what is a wheelchair man? Act three, the vigil, can love bring someone back from a coma? Uh, also, can love make this boring story less boring? We investigate both of those questions. Act four, the Mandarin's Bowl. Have you ever visited Chinatown and suddenly found yourself possessed by an ancient Chinese man? Uh, get ready because we know someone who has. Act five, Ghost Writer. A story of a writer who doesn't want to be a writer. Uh, certainly not a story of a factor fiction writer just projecting their own dissatisfaction of working on factor fiction. From WBBFF Los Angeles, it's Beyond Beyond Belief. I'm Jesse Chapman. Stay with us. Are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 43. I'm Jesse Chapman. With me as always, Chris Newth. Hey guys. Tiffany Persifka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello. Today, we're reviewing season four, episode 11 of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, which, if you don't know, was a 1990s TV show hosted by Jonathan Frakes that featured five stories that defied explanation, some based on real events, others totally fake. In our show, we'll summarize those stories, make our own predictions as to which are fact and which are fiction, and at the end, we'll find out the truth together. You don't even have to know what Beyond Belief is. If you like strange stories, you'll like our show. And today on our show, we have a very special guest host. He's a comedian and actor. You've seen him on Two Broke Girls. And All the Creatures Are Stirring, which is coming out in December as well. And you've heard his voice in the animated movie Smallfoot, Jonathan Kite. Jonathan, welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief. Thank you for having me. He's here. And you've heard his voice here as well. (laughs) Jonathan, have you heard of Beyond Belief, fact or fiction TV show before? I had seen it. It looked very familiar, but I don't think that I've ever sat down and watched an entire episode. Now, don't get it confused with Ripley's Believe It or Not, which I think has the same exact set. There's a lot of these 90s shows that have the same. It's like a Tales from the Crypt vibe. Totally. that right? You could tell that there was some X-Files. Things yes. were going well. And then what people were saying was, how do we make a reality out of that? Right. That that was the, that was the fiction of it, of Tales from the Crypt and whatnot. And how do we make people believe that maybe these stories stories could be real. Right. Yes. How do we draw how do we keep them coming back? There is something fun about the gamey aspect of it. It's That's like, my favorite part. Yeah. It's playing this game and seeing how many of these weird stories are <laughs> yeah. I can get right. Yeah, how how many that you can get right, not how many are actually fact. Yeah, we were talking exactly. we were talking off mic a little bit and you guys have heard us talk about this before, but Jonathan's like, "So, so what does that mean if story's fact?" And we're like, "Yeah, we don't know." <laughs> you know, some guy told it once and uh, That's all that's really <laughs> needed. There is a thing that I I don't know if you've ever talked about on here that's kind of uh, little known, but it's known that A Nightmare on Elm Street was born of that idea. That Wes Craven had gone, I don't know if he what he was touring, but he went through the South and in the Southern, because Nightmare on Elm Street was 1984. And so he had gone from town to town and there was a sort of their version of the Inquirer had complained about the burnt man who had been killing the residents in their dreams. That's terrifying. And that, that, but it was in an Inquirer, which is sort of like, you know, Bat Boy. But right. they also, there were things that sort of leaned, 
on the more fact, you know, and that people in the town swore that they were all being killed by the same oh bird God. man. So, wow, that's insane. Yeah, the, then a lot of these stories could theoretically be fact based on if people were claiming that they actually happened. Right. right, and that's the thing is you can't, I mean, people weren't, they were alive enough to give a recount of their own dream. So he just made it, he brought them to death. He right, just said right. they didn't live through the thing that right, they claimed exactly. happened. Yeah. But the so the first half of Nightmare on Elm Street is fact. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> but that this but that the eventuality and certainly the third one, which no one would believe. <laughs> oh, is dream, dream Dream Warriors. Warriors? Yeah, oh, that was the Lord. best one. Well, the second one was kind of great. They were all like the school bus one. Well, the, but that was the one where it was sort of um, there was it was a little homoerotic. Yes, and it, <laughs> but the poster was my favorite because it's the guy who's like hugging a girl. And they're in the bathroom, and the, the mirror is like fogged up. And the tagline was, "The man of your dreams is back." And that's I, good. I thought, man, <laughs> that's what, good. These are the same guys that do the Geico ads. I, mean, I that remember, is yes, gold. <laughs> oh, so fun. So, Jonathan, we do like to ask a question to all of our guests. Where do you fall on the spectrum of like, I am very science, very skeptically minded. Or you know, no, I've I want to see a ghost. Let's let's make it happen. I, I've seen a ghost on someone's video. Whoa! So an ex girlfriend of mine on our first date, I pulled up into her the driveway to drop her off, and I was I I always ask this now of like because there's certain things that if I'm getting to know somebody, especially somebody who might be romantically involved with, I always ask about aliens and right. I ask about ghosts. I just want to know where they lie. I right love now. it. <laughs> it's a test. It is a test. And she said, oh, I believe in ghosts because my apartment is haunted. She actually pulled out a video of one of her friends oh that I, like, I never see this stuff. And she said, um, her friend said something like, uh, I'm going to like house at your house and then maybe my boyfriend will come over. And so she posted on Snapchat, right? Hanging in the home, look at this sick place or whatever that I get to, you know, advertising that she was home alone or whatever. And her friend texted her, oh, so your boyfriend came over. Like you didn't say that. And then she goes, oh my. my boyfriend's not here. And then she goes, you need to get out of the house. And she said, what do you mean? And she said, go back and look at your Snapchat. Oh, my God. And they had God. saved the snap. And I had actually told this on stage. And so I would ask her to pull it up. And it is so creepy. So, like, she's in the, like, with, the, there's not really, like, a selfie thing happening. But she's sort of, like, showing the house. And she's sort of, like, doing something. And this animal just starts running like a cat who lived. The cat was real, by the way. It wasn't a ghost of a cat. <laughs> okay. Just not a ghost cat. running into the room. And you clearly see a man step across the threshold. No. Like, I swear to God, you see it and it it is not in color. Like, it is not like you're wearing blue on top and green shorts. Wow. It is not in color. And you clearly see this thing. Not like a, Is oh, it stepping towards camera? No, it's, it's stepping, stepping a, a, like how your door is set yeah, up there. It passes by. It passes like through. Like signs, like that no. scene yes. in Signs of the Alien walking But you by. see it. No. Oh, man. I that saw this thing and I went like, and then she goes, here's another thing. And one day, she, like, there was all these things that she doesn't live that, I mean, I don't think she lives in that apartment max anymore but she would show me videos of stuff where like the the bathtub would fill up like where there'd be like this weird lavender like um perfume or something in the air and then her <gasps> roommate would be like is that your perfume and she was like i don't wear perfume or like and they both kind of like well it smells like lavender in the bathroom and then there'd just be like red 
sort of like something that was in the bottom of the tub and she would send her pictures and she's like, do you, is this your soap? And then when the, my um, ex would come home at night, the, the bathtub would be totally empty. Stop it. And there was oh like God. little things on like weird stuff. Well, there was a trunk in the middle of their place that wow. served as their coffee table and it was locked. And Uh-oh. I said, what is in the trunk? And she goes, we can't find the key. And I said, don't open that. Yeah. The yeah. trunk came with the apartment? It no, get rid of the trunk. The get That's out of the gri- apartment. A very nice antique coffee table. It's gorgeous. By the <laughs> <way>. <laughs> you keep the it. old We're woman who keep... lives in there. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. dismembered but, uh, woman that lives yeah, in there. Yeah, but it is oh one of those gosh. things where I believe in ghosts, and so I'm always of the opinion that so anything, like, I don't believe in Magneto of the X-Men. I don't, I'm not sure that there's a guy out there that can, like, move metal or, he, you know, with the, the polarity of one. But I do think that there are some things that we can't explain that I don't chalk up to somebody being crazy. Uh, wait, I have to, before we get to the stories, I know we're going to get to the stories in just a minute, but I have to know the psychic story. Real quick, so um, a friend of mine went in. She said, I just want to dumb palm reading. This is in New York. and um. The woman just looked at her palm and she's like, you're going to leave New York in eight months. And she was like, that's impossible because uh, I just moved here and I got this brand new job. And she's like, I love the city and it's my favorite place in the world and I will never leave here. Literally seven months later, they go, you have to move now to Kansas and you have one month before you start your job. And she was like, impossible. So she told her friend it came true. Like I've never visited the psychic, but then, but my friend who told me was, is a skeptic. And then he said their second, their other friend went there and was like, what can you tell me about my palm? And the psychic just looked at her palm and she said, you're in a new relationship. And that is the man you will marry. And she goes, I, the woman said, I literally just started dating this guy and then they're going to get married. So then my friend came and he was the most skeptical and um, he put his palm out and she said, you will not be able to evolve in your life if you can't get over something that happened to you 10 years ago. And there was like a really specific thing that he, not like, oh, that's right, I got cut from the baseball team. Like, <laughs> like he, trauma. He remembers yeah. something that I asked him. I said, well, tell me the truth. Was there something 10 years ago? And he didn't say anything. He's nodded. Yeah, there was. That's and so he insane. said, and he, so goes, he and knows he goes, what she's talking and about. And he goes, and he always wondered if he would ever get over it. And he, he goes, that's it. I literally just put out my hand and was like, boom. And so I said, next time I go to New York, I'm going to go. You and, know you haven't this- gone, and you haven't gone yet. I haven't gone. Okay. Well, see, this is what I mean. People have weird stuff that they can do. They have, they can tap into some kind of frequency that the rest of us maybe not be able to anyway well and there's some stories today that are some weird frequencies uh people are tapping (laughs) into all kinds of stuff let's go ahead and dive into the stories uh the first one is called the mystery of douglas hibbard mr hibbard jeez what happened to you i need you to do me a favor well sure did you get your medicine i need you to put this in the motel safe for me i'm afraid i might lose it It all seemed very odd to motel owner Harold Plum. Why was Doug Hibbard soaking wet and covered with mud? But Harold had learned not to ask questions. I'll give you guys a story summary here. There's a man named Douglas Hibbard who checks into a hotel. He's staying there for the night, but he's got the flu. He just finished a business trip, and he's getting really, like, really sick. He gets sicker and sicker. His wife uh, calls him in the anniversaries tomorrow. He's like, honey, I think I'm going to have to stay at this hotel for the night. I was going to make the five-hour drive home, but I'm just like... I'm getting real sick. So sick so that he checks into the hotel, uh, talks to the uh, front desk clerk, who's the owner, uh, Harold Plum, great name. And so Harold's like, are you okay? And he's like, I think I, I think I need a pharmacy. So the guy leaves, goes to the pharmacy, comes back in, 
soaking wet, mud all over his shoes. Harold's like, are you okay, sir? And he's like, I'm okay. I need you to put this box in the safe. And I'm going to go to my room and lie down. The wife calls and says, hey, I can't get a hold of my husband. What is happening? He says, I'll go check. Harold's not in the room. Cut to the next morning. The cops show up. Uh, Sir, we have some news. This uh, guy, uh, we found his body. He had your hotel key in his pocket. And he's like, what are you talking about? I just saw him a little while ago. He's like, no, that's impossible. He died last night. And then the wife shows up. They open the safe. He pulls out from the safe a ring in this box. And it was the ring he could never afford to buy her when they got married. So the story is asking us to believe, is it possible that a ghost, uh, I don't know, bought a bought a ring at a CVS, a diamond ring? I don't know what's well, happening here. So I do think that the guy probably bought the ring at home, brought sure, it with him sure. so the wife wouldn't see it, you know, and that was going to give it. Yeah, the wife knows where all the hiding places are at home, so he's going to keep it with yes, him. Yes, you don't want to ruin the surprise, you or, you know, you're thinking you're not going to die. So. so, yeah, really, is this is this story that this is about a ghost who hides, uh, who, who basically <laughs> dies, but, like, puts this ring in the, in the motel box, so, I don't know. To keep it for... But here's the other thing. Why would the ghost need to do that? I mean, if they pull the body out and... Or let's say that the ring is in his suitcase in his hotel room or on his person when they pull the body out of the water... Wouldn't the wife get the ring eventually anyway? Why did he leave the hotel to go to the pharmacy with a ring in his pocket? Right. Right. Oh, there's another. Or yeah. why didn't he mm. ask him, I'm going to go out. Can you please put this in the safe before right. I leave? We've seen similar stories where a ghost will uh, come in. Remember the one where the ghost comes in and signs the sign-in sheet for the funeral home and then and, yeah. and gives yeah. the medals back to We've the- We've seen so many of these on Beyond Belief. And that was true, right? Yeah. I think what bothers me about this is it feels like such an urban legend but like the random visitor who ends up dying but the guy saw him the night before oh. when he's already dead then everything else is kind of built out and so and there have been times in which an urban legend story was deemed fact and i felt like there are other times where it's been deemed fiction and so i'm just like cool <laughs> this gives me nothing i mean i think that he that's i think he probably gave him the ring before and then he got the time mixed up mm. and then or maybe that the guy mm. has dementia and they left that out <laughs> sure yeah 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 to be kind. It's to also him. possible to yeah, just to be to be sweet because he hadn't been diagnosed yet. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's like, ugh, you know, we don't want to bring that up. You know, yeah. Let's just say, believe the ghost thing. You know what? I think that's what actually happened. Yeah, if I was this, gonna say. If this story is true, I think yeah. that this old man just got the time mixed up because it's a spooky ass story. If the time is represented as in the show. But I just think like, it's so possible that this guy's like, no, I'm positive he came back in. It's like, well, are you though? It's so easily plausible mm. that the guy... It was late at night. Yeah, it was late at night. You know, he's been up all night. He's seen so many guests. I mean, like coming sure. in, coming out. So let's go ahead on predictions. We've sure. kind of talked about it. Um, first up, Tiffany, what do you think? Fact or fiction? You know, I feel like it's an urban legend. It also felt writery to me, so I'm going to go fiction. All right, I'll go next. Do I think it's possible that this story happened? Yeah, I do. But I do think it's a little too tied up and neat in a bow. So I also am going to go fiction. Chris. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I just tend to believe that uh, whether you believe in, you know, this guy's story with the ghost or, you know, his uh, messing up the time, I see that this could be fact. So I'm going to go fact. Hmm. Mark. Um, it just It just feels like pure beyond belief fodder. 
Summer to go fiction. <laughs> okay. Wow. I feel like you two said the exact same thing. <laughs> but you With said but yeah, Chris but you me. said fiction and yeah. you said fact. <laughs> like which is Well, so part of the story the show is okay, even if you believe the story could have happened, that doesn't mean that a writer didn't just make it up. Oh, so we're also fighting Yeah. Yes. We're trying to outmaneuver the writers and like because they're Think about going- it. There's this team of writers on the show that are like that are sitting down and they're like, Okay, what could we do to trick the audience? Let's do this really believe story about this guy who maybe maybe he misremembers or maybe you know yeah all right i'm gonna so, say that it is uh fiction okay am i the sole fact on that one you are you're the sole fact. i would have gone fact by the way until that explanation ah okay okay we've all locked in our predictions and every week we like to do one more prediction which is the prediction of random chance i'm gonna flip a coin head will be fact tails will be fiction and we just do this to see if we can outsmart random chance we'll find out at the end here we go all right the coin is going to vote fiction as well chris you are on your own great good luck (laughs) we're going to move on to story number two which is called wheelchair man (laughs) we don't call them that anymore (laughs) yeah that that clearly was made in the 90s yeah absolutely sigmar Detective Hansen, I understand that you were a witness to the robbery that took place here. I was a victim. I was just passing by, minding my own business when this guy comes running up, pistol whips the guard and knocks me out of my chair. What kind of punk would do that, huh? To a guy in a wheelchair. You told Officer Hannah that you knew where we could find them. Is that true? Well, after that guy knocked me down, I was yelling at him and this address just popped into my head. 1211 Carlson Street. We call right. them wheelchair people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's Wheel- it. Wheelchair folk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark, you're going to give us a story summary. Um, what happened here? So there is a jewelry heist, and there's this wheelchair man who rolls up once the burglars are leaving the bank, and he tries to stop them, and the burglars just kind of push him out of the way, and they take off. Uh, and the cops don't know how to track these guys, but then the wheelchair guy comes to the cops and says, I have this power where when I get really angry or frustrated or whatever, he gets these flashes, these images. And he was so angry with the burglars, he got a flash of an address and he gives the cops the address and the address takes him to the safe house and they catch the burglars. But when they're bringing the burglars to the police station, they go, the wheelchair guy, he's just pissed that we cut him out of the deal. Like he was actually a part of the bank heist, but then we pushed him away and just decided we were going to keep all the money and not include him. And that's why he gave us up. And the cops are like, all right, cool. You're still going to jail. But then they're like, but I don't know how he knew about this safe house because we switched it. So then it's still asking you to believe, could he still have this superpower? Right. So this story is asking us to believe. Can a man who gets really angry have psychic abilities? Don't make this guy angry. He's like the Hulk of psychics. If <laughs> right, exactly. the Hulk were handicapped, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you won't like me when I'm angry because I'll predict the future. That's a weird power. I just, my my big problem with this story, and I'm I'm already leaning fiction on this for the sole reason. What did this guy think would happen? Why, if this is a fact based story, you're the guy in the wheelchair. Why are you telling the cops all this information? You're snitching on these guys. You know they're going to tell the cops about you, and you're going to go to jail too. It, I can't imagine a criminal actually doing that. That's but the I big. don't think cops give up how they found things. Like no, so no, no, no. That that was the weird. Re- that's why I know it was fiction <laughs> <laughs> because right. they just the cop and the and the robber are enemies. Right. One more thing, copper. How did you find yeah. us? And he goes, well, we met up with a psychic handicap guy. <laughs> and like the cop would never tell him anything. Yeah. And my favorite thing about it was, um, number one, they came at night with a lot of guns. 
with fog and um, <laughs> where it's clearly daylight. And by the way, they didn't even steal that much money. Did you see like how much money they put on the no. table? Yeah. It was like 50 bucks or something. <laughs> it was no. not a lot. And on top of that, when he's moving him into the cop car, they officers always do the same thing where they put their hand on your right. head to push you in. And they usually say, watch your head. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. they he just turned to him and then he just sort of looked off like thinking. <laughs> and then they went after that guy and then they, they said in the voiceover, like they arrested the guy in the wheelchair and they were like, oh yeah, your friends gave you up. And then, but how did you know about it? And he goes, I was psychic. Like <laughs> there wasn't any, it was kind of like, what a weird twist of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree that it's stupid for him to have done that. But I also think that people are stupid sometimes. I don't know. I, I think that he was planning on giving up the other robbers and this whole like psychic thing or like we never told him like whatever. Those are small details and timelines that could have been misremembered, fudged, whatever. But I think he just wanted to give up these other guys who were cutting him out and then he was going to peace out of town. He didn't expect for them to come back. Like they came back to like what a show you a guy. lineup. Maybe he is just a real Cause he had different guy. aliases. So this was one of his aliases. Yeah. And so like, that's what yeah. I read into Burglars it. are dumb. No, yeah, but it's not, it's not, he's not just a, he's not just breaking into like someone's house though. This is like people that it was like a miniature oceans 11. I feel like if they're smart enough to do that, they're smart enough not to like give the information up. I don't know. Anyway, any other final thoughts? We feeling good? Mm. I'm ready to I don't know. predict. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the guy's uh, performance, the, oh, wheel, the wheelchair uh, guy. I, you got you to gotta go after these guys. They're scum, I tell you, scum. It was like some 1940s uh, news reporter, wheelchair yeah. guy. All right, guys, fact or fiction? First up, Chris. Yeah, I I hear I hear you. I hear mm -hmm. what you guys are saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think a writer would add all these weird things, so I'm going to go fact. Tiffany. I agree with Chris. It sounds it's just weirdly specific. This could happen in a different time period potentially where it's like this random crime that happened in the small town. It's just bizarre. So I'm going to go fact. I almost right. forgot what I was going to say for a <laughs> fact though. Fact. <laughs> Jonathan. I'm going to say fiction only because um he got the address. It was like 1112 like something street instead of just being like the old warehouse. They're at the old warehouse. And I just thought that was a weird, <laughs> like, what? That I mean, was, that no, was the weirdest right. part. That was weird. I don't, I don't think people are like, it's, they're like, he's at 1119 Brook Laden. And they're like, <laughs> you mean like the FedEx building? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have said FedEx building. <laughs> All right, Jonathan's going fiction, and I'm going to back that. I think that there are too many, if you're cut out of a, of a, a split on a bank robbery, you go in, if you know where they are, with your own guns and you blow everyone away. And I think you don't tell the police officer. I'm not saying I would do this. You're looking yeah, at me like man, I would do, do this. Do not cut Jesse out of do any not cut him out. Don't cut him out of traffic. Yeah, yeah. anything. <laughs> cut me out of traffic. I'll come in with guns, you know, but I have to know the address. What's yeah. the address again? <laughs> you have to be angry enough. Yeah, exactly. you're not angry enough yet. Mark, fact or fiction? I think there is a kernel of truth. I think, like, I don't know, maybe the, ad the whole address thing and the psychic thing was made up, but, like, a burglar... Uh, told on his other guys after they cut him out. There's nothing beyond beliefy about it, which is why they had to add something. Uh, it's a fiction. No, fact. 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 <laughs> Staying okay. with fact. He feels, he feels confident. All right. We've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coin's prediction is fact, and we're going to move on to story number three, which is called The Vigil. If Julie had just shown one sign of coming out of the coma, we'd keep her on life support. Julie wouldn't want to go on this way. You know that. Look, 
Just give me one more day, okay? <laughs> I, I just want to talk to her. I know, I know she can hear me. Please, just one more day. All right, Tiffany, you're going to give us a story summary to this um, laugh a minute story segment. <laughs> oh, gosh. Just enthralling. Is that the title? The laugh <laughs> it, a minute? It should have been. The laugh a minute. That was the Yelp review. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? Um, so we are following, I'm assuming like high school sweethearts, Gary and Julie. And Julie is in a coma. She's been in a coma for seven months after getting in a car accident on her way to see Gary. And Gary has been by her side every day since like talking to her, giving her updates, but there hasn't been any change. She hasn't shown any sign of being able to pull through this coma. And so Julie's parents inform Gary that they're planning on taking her off of life support. And Gary's like, one more day, just give me one more day. So they concede and they're like, all right, we'll do it tomorrow. And so all of a sudden he hears Julie's voice and he looks and she's not moving. She hasn't opened her eyes. And so she's speaking to him telepathically and says, I can hear you and I can move. So, of course, Gary goes to Julie's parents like, no, she talked to me. But then he's like, oh, well, it was actually telepathically. And so they don't believe him. They're like, we have to do this now. Just as they're about to take Julie off life support, Gary hears Julie say, look at my hand. And then he looks down. She's moving her hand, actually moving her hand. Everybody sees it. And then over kind of a voiceover, we find out that she makes a full recovery. Right. So this story is asking us to believe, can someone in a coma kind of telepathically communicate to someone else uh, who shares like a real strong love connection that then ends up saving her life. Mm. Um, or can like miracles happen with the human body and can coincidences happen where someone right. imagines something and it just happens to happen at the time in which uh, another yeah. miracle happens. Or can, <laughs> or can a kid really not want his uh, girlfriend to be, unplugged from life support and then he just keeps lying to people saying he keeps yeah. seeing people uh, she she was communicating to me she's talking to me and then one day she wakes up and it's just like the timing was right yeah that's kind of exactly. what i thought timing. about this one you know usually with five minute story segments i don't feel like it's dragging and in this one i <laughs> did because chris has a heart of stone apparently <laughs> i actually forgot about it <laughs> until you gave it back and then I, you were like high school sweetheart i'm like did we see something about high school sweetheart <laughs> yes I couldn't recall this one and we just watched it. Yeah. I took notes and I didn't know which one you were talking about. Yeah, this one was just boring to me. And for some reason, that makes me think that it could be factual. Because if you're writing a story, you're not going right. to write this like really yes. dull coma story. I mean, they've had stories like this. You'd think they would spice it up spice in some way. Spice it up. Put a wheelchair in there. Do something. I don't well, know. there's a lot of opportunities for wheelchairs in yeah. this story. You know, we could have seen one shot of her making a partial recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. And the I also think it could be factual because the idea of some, like if these two were really well connected, they could cycle be connected in some way and maybe mm. perhaps pass messages back and forth. So yeah, I'm thinking uh, uh, I'm kind of leaning fact for this one, honestly. You know, one of my favorite tropes in this is this idea of like the kid hears these psychic messages and then he goes to the parents and he's like, I know this is going to sound crazy. Don't tell that. Don't say, just lie. Just say, I saw her move. You know, like this happens in movies all the time and it's so frustrating to me where like they're going to tell the truth about the psychic message and they're going to think you're crazy and they're not going to believe you and they're going to pull the plug on her. I was just like, just say I saw her eyes open. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, lie. lie. Yeah, lie. Basically, be dishonest. Mm -hmm. That's my. To uh, save a life. Yeah, to save a life. Every time. Every yeah. time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, one of the more depressing. I mean, Chris fell asleep, but I was depressed. I think. I mean, is it so simple that it's making you think it's fact? It's one of those things where the writers are trying to trick you, and it's it's actually fiction. I'm going to take the risk, man. I you don't know. Go fact. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Even if this is fiction, like the writers made this up, this story easily has happened. Yeah. So many times. Yeah, yeah. In general, no, you know. But so imagine, I'm just, I won't feel bad if I get this one wrong. No, no, no. You imagine the writers' room of Beyond Belief in 2001, <laughs> and the writers turn in this script and they read it, and they're like, "This is not going to fill five minutes." And they're like, oh. "Watch me." But if it's real, <laughs> if it's real though, then of course you turn it in. And you're like, "Well, yeah, that's the story." So yeah, we're going with it. I don't know. I'm leaning. Yeah, I know what I'm leaning. All right, guys, let's move on to predictions. First up, Jonathan, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Fact. All right. I'll go next. <laughs> Hard facts. Hard fact. Hard fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go fact as well. And it, and it really is just based on this idea that it's just a little too lackluster. Tiffany. Yeah, I think this one's just so easily believable. So I'm going to say fact. Mark. Yeah, you guys all make good points. Fact. Chris. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if I said fiction? <laughs> At this point, you're like, you guys really convinced me. It's fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm going fact. All right, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coin is going to be the contrarian in this one and going to go fiction. What an idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> coin is really, we'll see. really hoping. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to story number four, which is called The Mandarin's Bowl. Can't make a sound of No that. sound for an orange. It was totally unlike Randy to wander off like that, but the mystery was about to grow deeper. We couldn't understand what was happening, but it sounded like Randy was talking Chinese. So this is the first use of subtitles in Beyond Belief ever, I believe, right? I've oh. never seen subtitles before huh. in this show. Yeah, they've done some historical episodes, but I don't remember a foreign language episode. So and yeah, quite a lot of subtitles. If, yeah. it, if it's historical, it's usually just set in the South. <laughs> right, that's yeah. the most historical. <laughs> Which we could historically use racist. <laughs> yes, historically <laughs> exactly. racist. And we could use subtitles for those some of those Southern stories. It helped. <laughs> yeah, the accents are thick. All right, Chris, you're going to give us a story summary. What happened here? Yeah, this is a family, mom, dad, and uh, son, Randy, who are from Wichita, Kansas. They're visiting San Francisco for the first time. They uh, saw all the tourist sites. And then suddenly they're looking at restaurants and their son, Randy, who's probably, what, 11 years old or something like that. He is suddenly uh, like instantly across the street and uh, they follow him into this old uh, store in Chinatown where he is then seen uh, speaking in fluent uh, Chinese as uh, a a new person, uh, Master Wen Ching, uh, who apparently entrusted this artifact uh, a bowl to um to his apprentice which is uh the <laughs> this is very complicated actually to explain uh the man uh, there was an old man in in the store who kind of owns the store who um whose mentor uh died and and now this boy is i guess possessed by the spirit of this man's old master so um, they have this little ritual and <laughs> that seems demeaning. And, uh, and then the lady in the store lets him keep the bowl for what? Mm. Good, good measure or something. Sure. I don't know. It's a very weird, very strange. Like, I, 
I don't even know how to describe this story. This is well, bizarre. You, the part you're leaving out is that the old man's spirit leaves the boy and he's back to normal at the end and they give him the bowl as a parting gift, which they then give to a museum because they realize it was from 1880. Yes. And the boy has no recollection of what just happened. He doesn't speak any Chinese thereafter and he doesn't even remember this interaction that he had with this old man in the China shop. Right. So this story is basically asking us, is it possible that you can be reincarnated for a little bit of time? It seems like he was waiting for him. Like, this is all kind of like he's passing away and it's like, I will come back in a hundred years to get my bowl back. Right. I honestly, this is why? so weird. But why would I don't he know. want the bowl back? Why you've given the bowl to your apprentice? Yeah. Mandarin, by the way. Mandarin, not Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. yeah. For the Asian listeners. Yes. And for just for every for yes, everyone for anyone <laughs> um, true yeah it wasn't Cantonese I can tell the um, the, <laughs> the, the no the, the thing about this one that doesn't make any sense is they didn't catch up at all he like came to him and he goes oh the master is here and then he sat down and he was like here's your bowl he wasn't like what's up how <laughs> yeah, is being yeah. dead right right, right. tell can me you believe the- there are cars like what is that wheel in the streets wait is, like- wait, wait is uh the religion that we've got is that the right one like tell me everything like, yeah give me I, all the lowdown you. you know if you if yeah you're- what's the other side like uh i don't know there's so many other questions <laughs> i in this mean bowl. nothing nothing yeah. the parents are super calm mm-hmm. based on what was going on like if you were a mom and dad your kid had walked into this random store and you're like calling for him he's not responding you go in and he's just speaking fluent mandarin and he's uh uh, referred to as Master Wen Chang from these other people in the room. And brought to a back room. Yeah, brought to a back room. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Shut it down. But no, they're like, you know what? This is a little Carol, crazy. Carol, you stay here. I'm going to get the cops. <laughs> exactly. Right, like, right. there was no move. They were like, you don't tell us what to do. We're going in the back room. Right. right. What if it was like a sex trade? Right. Yeah, exactly. The woman in the shop came up to them and was like, don't worry. It's just that my great grandpa's master um, is possessing your son just for a temporary amount of time. Yeah, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. It's oh, an honor. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> He'll just pass through. It'll just be a temporary okay. situation. Here's the one thing about that. I mean, it's the most ridiculous one. <laughs> the one thing. There's but. many things. No, but there's just a part of me that lately, especially in season four, compared to the earlier seasons of the show, yeah. the most ridiculous ones are always the ones that tend to be facts because they're the ones that the audience is watching being like, oh, there's no way that that really happened. Uh, interesting. That is the only thing holding me up here is like what the writers sit down and be the, like, there's I mean, always this option where it could be a different time period, which makes yeah. it a lot more believable. Yeah, sometimes they do tell stories and they adapt them. They always tell them present day. Oh, no. But sometimes I know, like, I know. Right? It's the it worst. could be a different yeah, country. Like, this, this could have happened in the 1920s, for example. In a different then country. Fact. Yeah. yeah, then facts. Yeah. <laughs> in China. This yeah. Could have been in China. <laughs> yeah, and it was a Chinese kid. <laughs> and instead of this artifact, it was just like, you know, Pottery Barn situation. Like, yeah, or something. All right, guys, let's go ahead on to predictions. First up, Mark, fact or fiction? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fact. Chris. It's just so, so out there that I'm going to say it is pure fiction. Okay, I'll go next. I think this falls under the to fiction to be fiction category where it's so crazy and so unbelievable that the writers are just like, yeah, they're going to guess fiction and we're going to get them. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to go fact. Jonathan, what do you think? I'm going to go fact simply off of your explanation. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I hope I steer you right. <laughs> no, just because I think, well, I, not knowing, and I think that they do have to sort of jump the shark as stuff like this goes on. You know, it, it was his fourth season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So based on that and that alone, I'll say it's true. 
Okay. Fact. So, Tiffany, you're last up. And I'm going to go with my theory before. You know, I, I think that this is just crazy, but I feel like because of that, it has to be true because I think that they're going to assume that we're going to go. If I a story about a vampire was true on the show. I was going to say, there was literally a vampire story and it was true. I think there was a werewolf story. It was true. So you know what? I'm going to go fact on this one Jonathan, just based on Jonathan's that. face when you, when you said that was just like, wait, like what? What, what, what am I doing? Sorry, I change all my answers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we've all locked in our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coin's going to predict fiction, and we are going to move on to our fifth and final story of today's episode, which is called Ghost Rider. I hate him. I'd like to shove this tape recorder down his throat and tell him I quit. Martin, we need the money. I know. Why does a creep like Wilford Clayton have so much when so many good people have to struggle just to get by? We have so much more than he'll ever have. Jonathan, you're going to give us the story summary. What happened here? Ghost Rider. It's about Martin Barton, who is a young ghost writer. <laughs> That's real name. Martin Barton. And uh, <laughs> that, the Fact. names are fiction. <laughs> they were changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> right, exactly. And then um, Whitford Clayton is oh, an old businessman in the vein of Mr. Burns. And he has hired Martin to ghostwrite his autobiography. And he sort of uses all of the sessions where Martin is documenting everything to just brag about himself. So Martin has gone to replace long handwriting with tape recorders. He comes in late, um, Martin the next morning, and Whitford Clayton, um, surprise, spoiler alert, has no patience for him at its tardiness. And as he goes to record uh, Whitford's latest rants, the tape recorder starts to play back on its own in a mission of guilt where he knew about uh, nine people died in a fire and that he denied it and collect the insurance settlement. And then um, that's how he became rich and successful. Um, he then tells uh, Martin to turn it off. He never said any of that stuff. Um, he doesn't remember. And then Martin says, well, it's on the tape recorder, so you must have said it at some point. Whitford then has a stroke, falls down. When he comes back out of it, he has a change of heart, no pun intended, as or a change of brain, as most people do. Uh, he leaves all of the money when he dies a year later to the families of the members that died in the accident, and he gives uh, Martin Barton the entire author credit. Absolutely. So this story is basically asking us to believe, is it possible that um, a taped confession seemingly out of nowhere can give a man... A heart attack to then change his well, heart attack or stroke. stroke stroke to then uh, turn his whole life around. Um, I don't know about this one, guys. I don't know, this but I have so to ask convoluted. you, Jess. Uh, this is going to be a deep cut, but did you write down in your notes for this story? I played this stinking city like a harp <laughs> from hell. Have you? No, I didn't write. This that. is uh, that. This reminded yeah. me of the story in Batman Returns where the penguins caught on yes, tape. Yes, that's so true. And Batman plays it to the audience uh, while he's running for mayor to like um, to to make people... Realize uh, how, how he's actually evil. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, th th that's very similar. It sounds like a bad Twilight Zone episode mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. in the Twilight Zone, which is actually, it's my favorite show of all time, in that version of it, he would have heard the omission and then he would have strangled Martin. 
to like sort of keep that under wraps. Right. That it wouldn't have And then it would have continued to spiral. Exactly. And then, yeah. So then he would have gone to the police and then been like, well, what happened to this guy? And then the tape would play again and he'd be like, I strangled him when he did this thing. And he would be like, why is this thing betraying me? Yeah. And it's the tape recorder is this weird device that keeps like outing him. Exactly. Or like the tape recorder is not even playing that. But he's hearing it or something like that. Right. right. Oh, like, which, is the, which is the telltale yeah. heart that, yeah. that you hear the heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like in the police uh, thing and he's playing the thing and he's like, I never said that I strangled him. And he's like, what are you talking about? You didn't say that on the tape. And he's like, you know, and then then yeah, he, yeah. Ultimately, he incriminates himself. And that's a very believable story because people go crazy. Well, I, I'm going to kind of go off of that in the sense that uh, this is no Twilight Zone. You know what I mean? Like there this I'm going to mark. I'm going to come up with another theory that we can go by. New theory. Oh, the last two thanks. episodes of this could have helped. <laughs> yeah. It's called the boring theory. And Ooh. this story, uh-huh. I, I know, Tiffany, I get your explanation. I totally I totally buy it. But. It has to be factual. Why would a writer write this? This isn't that boring, though. I mean, he has a heart attack, which makes no sense. I actually think that it's a good first draft, but then the end <laughs> falls apart. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I've seen, I bet I've seen almost every Twilight Zone episode, and I think in the beginning it has the makings, or even like a Tales from the Crypt, because there were half of them that were sort of gory and more like the the old graphic novels or comic books, you know? But some of them tended to lean on the side of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's interesting. Maybe what I'm missing is the Crypt Keeper. Jesse, do you think you can... Uh... Hello, kitties. Uh, I'm the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That sounded great. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Hello, boys and ghouls. There yeah, you go. Better. That was me. That was me, everybody. <laughs> I did that just now. Um, let's go ahead and make make predictions. Uh, first up, uh, you know what? I'll go first. Um, I, I'm with Tiffany on this. There's something about this that feels very like... And the moral of this story is don't be bad and change your heart and don't wait for a stroke to do it. So I'm going to go fiction. Tiffany, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I feel like it, it tied up too nicely in the end. So I'm going to go fiction. Chris, I feel like you might not go fiction. I don't think I am. Now, here's the thing. You guys have gotten hundreds on the show. I've never gotten five out of five. So maybe uh, maybe I should be listening to you. But I'm going to say fact. Mark. No, I'm going to go fiction. I think this was written by the writers. Jonathan. I think because it was the last one. If it had come earlier, I may have gone fact, but I just think it was fiction. It was a morality tale. Mm, Absolutely. All right. We've all made our predictions. Let's flip a coin. The coin's going to predict fiction for the last story. And in a moment, we're going to find out which stories are fact and which are fiction. Stay with us. Hello? Hello, Ben? Yeah. Hey, this is Jesse, and you've got Chris here from Beyond Beyond Belief. I did not expect this to happen. Well, it's happening. Thank you so much for sending your phone number in. Yeah, no problem. Ben, I wanted to ask, um, before we get started, where are you located? I'm from Springfield, Illinois. And and so you've been listening to our show for a while, right? Uh, it was sometime earlier this year. And so. were you a fan of the original show? Oh, yeah. I loved watching it. It's it's great. Do you still watch it? Occasionally when I can. I don't have... I, unfortunately, I never tried Amazon Prime yet, but I, I, did, I did find a couple episodes on YouTube, but... Um, I'll hopefully try Prime one of these days. Absolutely. So uh, tonight, what we have planned here for you is we're going to play a little game of fact and fiction. Right. So we're going to play a game with you um, where Jesse and I read you some news headlines and you have to tell us 
if they were actually pulled by us from credible sources or if we just made them up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, incredible sources is subject uh, for interpretation. I don't know. It, this isn't being pulled from the CNN, I don't think. Sure, just weird news headlines. Okay. Okay, the first one is, St. Louis teen says he's been haunted by the spirit of a head of romaine lettuce. Is that a real uh, headline, or did we make it up? I think you guys made that up. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, it is fiction. It is pure <laughs> fiction. <laughs> All right, I'll read the next one. Jack Sparrow impersonator claims to have divorced a 300-year-old ghost pirate. Is that headline fact or fiction? I don't know because, I mean, I, knowing a bunch of fans of Pirates of the Caribbean or just people love to dress like pirates in general, they probably would take this legit. So, right. uh, I'm going to say fact. Ben, you got it. That is correct. <laughs> oh, my is, God. That is something. That is a real headline. Someone who is a Jack Sparrow impersonator actually claims to divorce a 300-year-old ghost pirate. You're doing great, Ben, yeah, by the way. So far, so good. I mean, wait, wait, <laughs> when Chris researched all these headlines and he pitched them to me and I got none of them correct. <laughs> I was very right. bad at this. <laughs> all right. Here's the next one. Oh, man. Wisconsin dairy farmer blames unexplained cow deaths on the Krampus. Fake. <laughs> he's very confident and he's very correct. Ben, you're correct. Chris. Three for three. <laughs> I, I'm very excited about that headline and I really wish it was fact. <laughs> right. Yeah. Me too. Well, I just fake. thought there were there might be someone out there who could believe that someone else believes that the Krampus exists somewhere killing. Cows. Yeah. Well, Ben is not that person. He no, doesn't believe not. you for a second. <laughs> it just it just seemed too too good to be true <laughs> <laughs> all right this is number four turtle explodes after eating a side salad sorry i'm gonna say not real that is correct that is fiction <laughs> why did we write that oh, i don't I know. think that was mark i found that very funny and i think that's why <laughs> that's why i opted to include it got it okay <laughs> it was definitely mark uh and here's the final one Florida man bitten by shark, struck by lightning, punched by monkey twice, and bitten by snake. Okay, I'm probably gonna probably gonna be four out of five. I'm gonna say fact. <sighs> okay. How does everyone on this show get a hundred? <laughs> What? Except for me. Sorry, Chris. Yes, Ben, congratulations. You got all five of our fake or fact oh. headlines correct. That is incredible. How, wow. how did I do that? I have no idea, but congratulations. Uh, you win a t-shirt, a yes. Beyond Beyond Belief t-shirt. We're going to give you a t-shirt and uh, we'll collect all your details. We have a bunch of different colors you can choose from. I'll send you an email with all the info. Ben, thank you so much for uh, submitting your phone number and letting us call you and uh, playing this game uh, on the air. Yeah, no problem. Thank you again so much and Happy New Year. Which stories were fact and which were fiction? The first story, the mystery of Douglas Hibbard. Uh, just to give you a, a quick recap of the story, this is the one about the guy who uh, died uh, but then gave his ring, his uh, wedding ring, to the hotel clerk attendant. Now, Chris, you think this story actually happened. I do. You do. Everyone else thinks it's fiction. I'm crossing my fingers. Let's see. <laughs> Let's find out what the truth is. If you thought this story was based on a real-life occurrence, you're right. Our research uncovered a similar incident. Fact. 
Chris is off to a good I start. Good start. This will be it, Chris. Yep, this might be it. This might be the first time that I make a perfect score. Okay, you only got one. You still got four more. Okay, like, you can start getting excited when it gets to like three. We get, in get a excited row. when you get to two. I mean, who knows? Like, <laughs> let's just get through two stories. Sure, here. sure, fair, fair, fair. All right, story number two. This one is called Wheelchair Man, and this one is about the guy who was in on the heist the whole time. We we kind of. Did anyone else? I suspected that he was in on it. Yeah, I did immediately. Right? Like immediately. I thought that he was clearly uh, uh, he was distracting the victim cop. too much. Absolutely, too. he yeah. wheels up and he's like, "Hey, what what day is it?" Or whatever yeah. innocuous question. <laughs> no, that he, he said, "He goes, how can I get the bus? I'm late for a very important meeting." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah, you're part of it, buddy. Um, now, as a recap, Chris, Tiffany, Mark, you guys think this story actually happened? Jonathan and I believe it is fiction. Let's find out what the truth is. This one has to be false, right? Wrong. Our research shows a similar incident happened on the Virginia-North Carolina border in the mid-80s. Fact. Let's go on to story number three. This one is called The Vigil. This is a story about the coma victim. And oh, she, right. oh, yeah, we all forgot about it. Everyone's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, it's the, the boring theory. Um, we're hoping it's all fact because we all voted fact on this one. Let's find out what the truth is. I've heard a story like this before. You may have. A similar event happened in the Rocky Mountain area in the early 90s. Fact. The Rocky Mountain area. So these have all been true so far. So far, all wow. true. Wow. Three in a row. So Three in a row. That's nuts. Just as I predicted. Let's go on to story number five, which is called The Mandarin's Bowl. This is the one about the kid who was lost in the San Francisco Chinatown district and just, you know, instantly was possessed by the old man uh, from uh, China and spoke Mandarin and, uh, you know, all that stuff. We all think that this actually happened. No. Except cr- oh, sorry. We- <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. We all think that this actually happened, except for Chris, who thinks that this is a little too writery. I'm on my own again. I'm really worried now. Well, because we've had three facts. I'm so worried. Chris is in in a good position. Obviously, this one is fiction. (laughs) Yeah, let's find out what the truth is. Did a similar story to this one take place? Perhaps. But our presentation is a lie. Fiction. Chris, are you four to five? Yes. And I'm getting very nervous because I've done this before. I've gotten four out of five, and then the last one, I fuck it up. So you think this last one that we did was a fact? Yeah. Oof. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was this last one? I already forgot. The Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Ghost Rider. This is, of course, the one about the guy who hires a Ghost Rider, is the worst human who you know anyone's ever, ever seen. Ever existed. And yeah. uh, he ends up having a heart attack, but then changing his stroke. life. A stroke. Thank you. But then changes everything and then die. I just don't like that he dies a year later, but maybe that weird detail is in there because it's fact. Chris, you think this one is fact? Everyone else thinks this is fiction. Let's find out what the truth Tiffany, is. Tiffany, can you hold my hand? It's clammy. (laughs) It is. Is this story so strange that it must be true? Not this time. It's fiction. Fiction. How does this always happen? Oh, I'm sorry, bud. Oh. It's just never going to happen. I just thought that they were all too flat. Like, I just thought that they were, that everybody was sort of an archetype. And that, like, he was the the down on his luck poor ghostwriter. Yeah, and you're I'm right. The billionaire. Oh, who, you're so right. They were lied all, about the fire. Yeah, they were all like cliches yeah. and very. Yeah, they were. Oh, 
Uh, so three facts, two yeah. fictions. That's how it rolled out. Three yeah. facts, two fictions, which is the nice. you know standard spread. Um, let's go down the line. Did anyone get no stories correct? Okay, great. Doing good. Did anyone so far so good? Uh, did anyone only get one correct? I, maybe me at the end. I think I either got one or two of them. Jonathan, you got two, and so did I. We <sighs> nice both guys. got two. So you can feel good knowing that you know I've done forty three of these, and uh, you know we're we're tied. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no advantage to doing more. Oh no! Because whenever you think the writers are, we got them, and they've got us mm-hmm. every it's time. Lazy writing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and is it lazy writing or is it a bad real story? It's so hard to parse it all out. No yeah. one knows. Did anyone get three correct this week? We did. I, yeah, I did. Wonderful. Mm. Mark and Tiffany. And of course, we do know that Chris got four out of five because he was talking so about close. it the whole yeah. time. So, so close. So close. But you know what? You got I'm four, running out of chances. But even getting a four, you should know this because we keep stats throughout the show and just, you know, we do like a who won the season. Chris, you've been doing pretty well this season. Thank so you. Even yeah. though you haven't gotten your five out of five, you're consistently outperforming everyone, I think. I would, I will say, if it means that I get uh, a five out of five on the last episode of the, of the show, that would that would be so much better than even getting it yeah, here. It'd be worth it. Yeah. yeah. As long as the guest doesn't get five out of five and you don't. <laughs> the guest exactly. just comes yes. in. You know what? It's happened. It's happened before. <laughs> a guest sweeps in and is like, oh, did I win? You know, like. Yeah. It's really embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, so uh, just as also, uh, Tiffany, what did the coin do this week? What do we what Three do we out of five. Three out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The coin yeah. beat Jonathan. Random chance. <laughs> Random chance. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, do you, do you actually think that we need to, like, think about problems in life or just, like, flip a coin sometimes? I don't know. You have better odds if you flip a coin probably don't need to do this podcast uh but jonathan thank you so much for doing the show (laughs) thank you where can people find you i flipped a coin (laughs) it's like i'll be here yeah yeah yeah. at jonathan kite j-o-n-a-t-h-a-n-k-i-t-e uh for twitter and instagram i mostly do instagram uh every four months i'll go to twitter yeah Yeah. i feel like most people are like that you write a pithy one line and then you're like i'm out or I'll save it. I'll try to. I'll try to figure out how I can say it on stage. I feel like just Instagram is just where everybody is now. It's true. Yeah, because if you want the jokes, they're there, and if you want pictures, you know, it's it's a better accounting of what's happening in your life. Yep, totally, yeah. absolutely. Yep. And uh, one more time, all the creatures are stirring. It is streaming now. Where can people find this? Is this like a? I think it's going to be Amazon, Hulu, Amazon. And Netflix. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Oh, cool. So yeah. go see it. Yeah, go see it. Check it out. Um, Jonathan, thank you again for joining us. Thank you what for a having pleasure me. having you. And thank you guys for listening. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this podcast by David Russo, who composed music for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston. If you liked our podcast, subscribing and rating on iTunes is one of the best ways you can help more people discover our show. All audio clips are strictly for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beyond Belief Pod, or check out our website, beyondbeyondbelief.com, to find the show notes, as well as our online merchandise store featuring custom some artwork on t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more. Thanks for listening. And so when you say aliens, do you mean like, I believe in aliens because the universe is vast? Or no, no, no. You He's mean, saying, I believe aliens have come here, they're around. I think it's possible. I mean, there's a theory right now because, you know, they found the, 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 the beds on Mars 
I don't know if you know this, but there are there's like beds where there might be water. Yeah. Oh right, under, of right, right. So they I pictured like bunk beds. I don't know what I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Water beds. Yeah, yeah water, water beds. beds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bed, bed bugs.